Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Veterinary Advice, Animal News, and Views, the show dedicated to pets and the people who love them. Brought to you by DrRogerHolisticVet.com, the place for safe and effective natural healing for dogs and cats. Now, here's your host, practicing veterinarian, Dr. Roger Welton. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Roger Welton coming to you live from the Florida Space Coast. We're back to our live format for a second week in a row. I'm very happy about that. My schedule allows for that. Tonight we have a very, very important, not only topic, but a very important guest. Um, It's Animal Rescue. And Animal Rescue, if if you're listening to my show, it's a very niche show. And we have a lot of listeners and a lot of fans not just nationally, but globally, but clearly anybody listening is an animal lover and you want to give and you want to do the best that you can. And unfortunately, like any other charity niche or name, you know, name your endeavor to help animals, there's going to be some exploitation. And you know, part part of what I'm doing tonight is ex- exposing some of that exploitation, but also at the same time, I want to showcase the kind of people and the organizations that do it right. So tonight we're talking about animal rescue in general and private donation money, where it goes to, and the best ways that you could be assured that your money is actually going to where it actually should be going, which is to the animals, to the benefit of the animals, to the rescue of the animals, and, I'm, and by rescue, we're not just we're not just talking shelter, healthcare. A lot of them are rescued from situations that uh, they're very compromised in their health, sometimes severely. And I I, I don't like to go negative, and I don't want to I don't want to you know talk a lot about some of the bad cases that that we see, but they're there. Some of them need significant health care. But with the health care and with the rehabilitation and with the ability of agents that are willing to work with foster families and veterinarians who are willing to heavily discount services to make sure that these animals are healed physically, healed mentally, and ha- and know that euthanasia is not in their future, but a, a new hope and a love and a life is headed in their future. And, and that's what I'm discussing tonight. So many of us, and I watch TV, not as much as I would like to actually watch TV. So I'm, I'm a, I would say in life, I'm a minority TV watcher. My schedule and my uh, endeavors unfortunately don't let me have a lot of time to watch TV but uh the the main thing that I like to watch is sports when I get the chance and even during some of the popular sports broadcasts we will see this particular advertisement it's HSUS which is the Humane Society of the United States and they have this commercial it's 
heartbreaking. And after the first time I saw it, every time I see it now, i got to change the channel because it's very hard to look at. And most animal people who love animals and consider animals as very much a part of their lives have a very hard time watching that commercial. And in the background is a Sarah McLachlan song, In the Eyes of an Angel. Beautiful song, uh, sad song, but also in the context of seeing the animals, it's also very troubling to to actually witness. And, and of course, you want to donate the minute you see that, as you should if you're human and you have humanity, even if you're not necessarily an animal owner. You know, you're, you're not, you, you can't be unmoved by that. But but the sad thing that I learned as a, a VNN reporter, VNN is a veterinary news network, is that that money does not filter down to the ones on the commercial. The innocence on on the commercial, you hope it goes there, but that's not really the way it is. What What's really occurring is that that money is actually going to lobbyists and attorneys to lobby for legislation. And to be fair, some of the legislation is good. It's important. But at the same token... We're not necessarily wanting to donate to lobbyists and, and legislators and, and lawyers. We're wanting to help those animals directly. And all too often, it doesn't happen. And uh, in this case, it almost exclusively doesn't happen. And, and to the point that the humane societies locally that are essentially an offshoot of the, the main organization that we see nationally – they're actually relying on local donations, and realistically, they're f- still following the policies of the county shelters, which is minimal care. The ones that can be saved will save them. The ones that can be adopted are adopted. And the ones that are not re- uh, you know, to their ability to rehabilitate, save physically, or, or, or necessarily find homes for even the best of animals, they have a stay of execution. They have a 30-day stay of execution in many cases. So we have humane societies that have euthanasia rates for, ranging from 50 to 80%. It's, it's, it's absolutely astounding and very, very hurtful to me as a, as a person who dedicated his life to, to save these creatures. So I want you to understand that your, your, your best way to go is to find reputable, transparent local agencies and support them because these folks are, are doing something that is completely extraordinary. They're, they're finding local individuals and local businesses to fund their effort. They are transparent in their economy in terms of the financial aspect of it. And the vast majority of that money is going to those animals, not to lobbyists, lawyers, and advertising. And so tonight I'm talking about Friends for Animal Sanctuary. It's a rescue I came across through various channels. You know, they, they, they've been here for a long time. Uh, not a long time, but, but longer than, than uh, is comfortable for me to admit. They've been here actually for a couple of years, and, and uh, I just recently found out about them. But I'm actually absolutely engaged and 
I can't, I can't wait to do more. And from a national level, I really want all of you to really listen, pay attention, because we're going to talk to a very special lady tonight. Her name is Katherine Johnson. She is the director of this organization, and she's going to tell us about it tonight. And um, Catherine, are you there? Can you hear me? How are you doing tonight, Dr. Walton? I'm doing very well. Thank you. Sorry about the snafu. Oh, no problem. Uh, Thank you so much for tuning in this evening, and uh, I really appreciate your presence. So, so first off, let, let's just start off by telling my listeners exactly what is the mission of your organization. Our mission is to save the animals that are scheduled to be euthanized or deemed unadoptable at our kill shelters in Brevard County. Um, we are taking those first and foremost onto our sanctuary, rehabilitate them, get them the medical attention they need, if there's any behavioral issues, we'll get them the attention that they need to correct those behavioral issues and then get, then get them adopted into their forever homes. We also want to have a huge presence in the spay and neutering of the animals in the community along with children and the education on how to care for and treat an animal. Well, that sounds like a really very, very honest and respectful Endeavor. Now, let's just share with our audience because, Catherine, we get people from all over the country and all over the world, actually. In fact, one of my biggest fan base is actually Canada. Oh, and, awesome. Uh, I, yeah, from my perspective, believe it or not, Canada is doing this much better than we are, uh, as are a lot of other countries, which is kind of sad. But uh, where is Brevard County exactly? Can you explain that to the uh, – of course, yeah, you know, I, always, I always say Florida Bay's Coast in my introduction, but tell us about the – Brevard County. Yeah, Brevard County is in Florida. It's one of the largest counties in Florida with the longest shoreline. We are the place where Kennedy Space Center is, so we used to launch the um, the shuttles out of uh, Kennedy Space Center. It's a wonderful uh, county, and um, I'm I'm uh, blessed to be here. I feel very blessed as well. I'm originally from New Jersey, and ga- based on your accent, I, I'm gathering you're not from here as well? No, I'm from Chicago, and my husband's aunts are from Canada, so we go to Canada quite frequently to visit his aunts. Oh, how about that? And I brought up Canada yeah. as well. This this is divine serendipity. Actually, Catherine, the whole way we met and everything, I think, is divine serendipity. I which agree. Is, which is, I agree. <laughs> which is wonderful. So... <clears throat> In terms of Friends for Animal Rescue, let, let's talk about your thrift shop because I think it's brilliant. I've never seen it before. I don't know if it's a brand new thing that's never been done before, but it's a brand new thing as far as I'm concerned as a veterinarian. I've practiced in New York for three years before I came down here to the Space Coast, and I've never seen it before. So tell, tell us about your fundraising, your your, your thrift, shop, thrift shop, as well as uh, – Talk about a little bit about the, about the gala. Oh, I would love to. So when we first started, the hardest thing, I think, is to let everybody know that you're here. You know, marketing was a huge issue for us in the beginning and fundraising and getting to people. 
So, you know, when we very first started, we sent letters out to friends and families and told them what we were doing and asked our, all of our friends and families to, to start donating to our cause. And from then, we would do little events uh, throughout the county and stand there and, and hand out brochures and let them know what we're doing and what we wanted to build here um, in Brevard County, which is a, a no-kill, no-cage, all-domestic animal sanctuary. And when I say no cage, I don't mean everybody's going to be frolicking in a field somewhere, but that the cats are, are roaming in a house with an outside area and the dogs are going to be in suites with three to four uh, per suite, probably three to five per suite, with an outdoor area and a huge park area. So everybody's socialized with, you know, um, other animals and with humans. So that's what we were trying to get across to people in Brevard County. We started thinking about, you know, that's kind of hard to do. You're grinding that out every weekend, you know, trying to go to different events and do that. And we, we said, you know what, we really need to have some money to put into the building fund. Um, since we don't have a sanctuary yet, what's the best avenue to do that? And we decided on opening a thrift shop before we opened up the sanctuary because we're going to need to have um, funds that are going to be constant monthly funds anyway to, to run the operational part of the sanctuary. So we decided to go ahead and open up the, the thrift store. That was going to be two years ago in September. And we were profitable from day one. So we are pulling anywhere from five to $7,000 a month from the thrift shop. And it's, it's um, you know, not a huge thrift shop, but we're making four to $500, maybe some days six, $700 a day. And so we're pulling between five and $7,000 a month and putting it into our building fund, which has really, you know, grown our fund horrendously. Plus, it has given us awareness in the community as to who we are, where we are, and what we're doing. And on, in the thrift shop, we have at the, at the, the top, we have pictures of every dog that we and cat that we have rescued out of the shelters, put into foster homes, and then gotten their forever homes. So we are, are trying to be very proactive in the community before we have the shelter actually built. That's phenomenal. And, um, I mean, what, 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 what a novel idea. And I can't believe you were profitable that quickly. Yeah, I'm a small business owner. Obviously, a veterinary hospital is it's a hospital, but it is a small business, and to be profitable that quickly is is something that's incredible. And of course, you're not for profit; it's all We're going not, right. to the animals. Um, we'll get to that in, in just a little bit. But um, for my local listeners, and we have quite a few, can you just tell us where the thrift shop is? The thrift shop's at 5000 North Wickham Road, uh, Suite 110, in Melbourne, Florida. And we're at we're just south of the Pineda Causeway on Wickham Road in the plaza with the Home Depot and right next to Fujiyama Steakhouse. That's not far from where I live. That's about a ten minute drive for me. Which yeah. is fantastic. I, I can't wait to come down there and buy some stuff. Oh good. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Um yeah, Fujiyama of course is very uh, a very popular place, so it's a great location. Um so uh very quickly Catherine's background, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Catherine, you're a CPA and you had an accounting firm, which you actually sold to pretty much put all your energy and efforts and expertise, of course, from a financial perspective towards this project. Am I right on that? 
You're right. I wasn't a CPA. I was a corporate accountant. Um, I have my accounting degree but never sat for the CPA test. Um, And I had my own firm for uh, six years. So when I started Friends for Animals, because I was fostering from the the county shelters and saw the travesty that was happening down there with the animals, um, I came home and told my husband, I really feel that I I need to pursue my passion of opening a a sanctuary. And he was on board with that. He said, okay. So I was doing both for about a year, and I was getting like two to three hours of sleep, and it was really stressing me out. And and one day my husband came to me, and, you know, God bless him. He said, Catherine, you've got to sell your business and pursue your passion 100%. I'm here to support you. Whatever it takes, we've got to get this going for you. And so I did. I sold it to a colleague of mine. Um, it was a handshake sell. I trusted him explicitly, and it's been, a, you know, a wonderful opportunity for me to be able to do this full time. Well, God bless your husband, and also bless you, uh, Mrs. Johnson, for having the passion, really, to walk away from a lucrative career uh, to, to do this. It, it's truly amazing. And as you know, we've had a couple conversations. I'm, I'm truly inspired and uh, want to be a part of this. And, and I'd like to have you back on the podcast in the future as things progress. Oh, I love it. Absolutely. Well, you're a great personality for radio. Actually, you're a great personality for anything. Um, <laughs> let's talk about the gala real quick. And that's how we first met, actually. Uh, my, my, my baby sister, my little sister, Leslie, she, was, she worked uh, as front desk staff for my hospital while she was uh, putting together her small business project. She was uh, doing a lot of good things for my hospital and helping us uh, rework our computer system. She's uh, kind of a computer nerd, and she's also kind of a marketing geek as well. I say that with full love. And um, <laughs> she she recalled one of our beloved clients, Pat Sparkman is her name, who a has a beloved... volunteer of ours. Yes, and she's got a beloved pet with us, Mango, who is one of my favorite standard poodles I've ever met in my entire life. And we've been through trials and tribulations with his health care. And for some reason, in the whole process of speaking with Ms. Sparkman and treating Mango and, and, and hearing this endeavor in conversation at thrift shop, somehow it got lost. So my sister, my sister Leslie Welton, I want to give her all the credit in the world, she stayed in tune with this and ran into Pat uh, about two weeks before the gala, the, mm-hmm. the most recent gala, and she said, Roger, you need, to, you need to do this. You need to be there. Trust me. You're going to be inspired. So let's talk about the gala. And I went to the gala because of my sister, and kudos to you, Leslie Welton. I know you're listening tonight. Kudos to you, and kudos to you, Ms. Pat Sparkman, wonderful animal owner, animal rescuer, and, and, and of course, for getting me involved in, in uh, your organization. So let's talk about the gala. And I think those two also, Leslie and Pat, they're wonderful, wonderful ladies. Um, the gala was our second annual gala. Last year we did a gala and we had about 100 people and we raised about $12,000. So we, we ramped it up a little bit this year. We did a little bit more and we had 250 uh, people this year. We had about 30 silent auction items and 30 raffle baskets that we did. We had a great dinner um, with everybody, and it was very festive. It was very nice and pretty and elegant. Um, We had a PowerPoint going, you know, from the history of Friends for Animals as to when it started, the thrift shop and all that was going on. And this year we raised 
about $22,000 at, at this point. We've raised about $22,000 um, from that night, which was absolutely amazing. But was, was, what was really nice about that night is I met people like you, yourself, that is really, really loves the animals and cares about what's going on in Brevard County. We also had some political people there, if you recall, and some radio personalities who we have um, you know, talked to or who had heard about us in the past, along with some candidates for the upcoming elections. So that really um, made me happy that those people were really connected to what we're trying to do for the animals in this area. Yeah, one of the, one of the candidates actually turned out to be, I met him, I shook his hand, and uh, I shook his hand for about the 10th time because he actually happened to be a client of mine, and I treated his animal, which was really cool. So, so that politician in particular wasn't there just to get votes. He was actually there because he really cared, which yes, is pretty absolutely. neat. That the judge, uh, what, you could mention his name, I'm fine with that. Circuit uh, Judge. judge. Yeah. I I I I have a sign right there on my on my lawn in my clinic, you know. So so, uh, you know, really really Moser, neat. Judge uh, Judge Moser, I'm John J- Judge John Moser, and he yeah. is going for the 28th, um, uh, the the 28th committee, or I forget how they do that here. Right. Well, Moser, that's all he needs to know. The signs are out there. Um, so really quickly, because I have an email question for you, and this is pretty sure. involved. So we have about nine minutes or eight minutes left. So I want to uh, talk about the financial transparency, because when I sat in the gala and listened to you talk, this, this was really huge for me, because I know about HSUS. And the, the discrepancy there and the donations and them not getting to the animals. So let's talk about your financial transparency. I am, uh, because I was an accountant and because I'm doing a nonprofit now, and because I need the respect of our donors and that they know where their money is going, uh, financial transparency was huge for me. So at the thrift shop, just for instance, I have a whiteboard there that I show every month what our sales are what our expenses are, what our profit is, and what we transfer to the money market and what we leave in our checking account as a buffer. I also give um, the girls that work the thrift shop a complete financial every month to put behind the counter in case anybody should walk in and ask for our financials. And they are, they are totally told never to with, withhold that information, to give them that information. If they should have any questions, that they need to call me on my cell phone, and I will personally meet with them. Recently, we have had a couple of people that have called or emailed and wanted to see our 990 because they were interested in, don- in donating to us. And I don't flinch a bit. When, I, when someone asks for our 990, I send them a whole package. I send them our financials, our 990, and everything that's about us. Um, I think that's huge that people know that when they give me a dollar, that dollar is going to the animals, or it's going to the building fund to build a sanctuary for those animals. So we have two accounts right now that people can put into. They can put into the building fund or they can put into the animal fund. So as you know, Dr. Welton, as one of our vets, um, when we pull an animal from the, the, the shelter, which we're going to be pulling a heartworm-positive dog, to, um, Mona, 
and she's got heartworm um, with her, and she needs to be fixed and spayed. So we have an account that people can put into that, that money into that account. And so when I bring her to you, I can write a check that people know that 100% of their money is going to that dog. It's not going – our expense and fundraising ratio, which according to the nonprofit standard, your, um, ex, your operating expenses and fundraising expenses should never go over 21%. Ours is 1.5%. That's phenomenal. That's absolutely incredible, actually. I mean, it, I am cheap. It, it, I'm <laughs> yeah, it's almost unheard of. I beg of. everybody to give me everything for free. I really do. I mean, it's just that important that all this money goes to the animals. That, that, that's exactly what we're looking for. That's what we all should be looking for as an animal-loving nation, and we should be. Um, okay, so, so very quickly, we've got about five minutes left. I've got the email question for you. Um, this is for you specifically, Catherine. Normally, I'm fielding these questions myself, but this one's for you. This is from Erin from Athens, Georgia. She uh, got a hold of the episode beforehand, and she's a fan. And this is her email to you. Ms. Johnson, your organization is impressive, and I wish you well in your vision of a no-kill shelter. Lord knows our nation needs more of them. I have been involved in a lot of local animal rescue as well and raised money through modest adoption fees and private donation. It is surprising how many businesses and well-off private individuals are willing to donate once you merely ask. However, my biggest source of frustration is my local government. I am sometimes left with the impression that these people actually hate animals. Every time my group lobbies for common sense measures... We are treated like we are crazy. It seems that our community's animals have virtually no priority whatsoever. I get incensed at county meetings as local politicians and citizens debate at town meetings over parking hours. I'm sorry, over parking for hours while they dismiss, blow off, and vote against our rescue efforts. My question is, Ms. Johnson... Have you come across these same anti-animal local government sentiments? And if so, do you have any advice to overcome them? Thank you for being on our team and for what you do. Oh, wow. Athens, Georgia sounds just like Brevard County. I am so sorry <laughs> to say. Um, All right, so yes, yeah, yeah, I'll have, have to have you sum this up in the next three and a half minutes. Do your best. <laughs> <laughs> I can go ten minutes on this, but I'll I'm try sure to wrap it up. I have had okay. the, we have had the same problem. And what we had to do is we had to band together as animal advocates and we had to be at every commissioner meeting, every time anybody met in this county, we had to be there with a force. And we had to be so loud and take up so much time that they got so sick of us that they actually had to pay attention to us. That's the only way we got anywhere in this county with our local government. And uh, apparently you actually recruited some animal-loving government people, right, such as Scott Ellis, correct? Yes, Scott Ellis, uh, Trudy Infantini. Um, Actually, they're all on board with um, what we're doing now. Our county shelters are going to start being taken over by our sheriff, Sheriff Ivy, um, who is going to do wonderful things for the county right now. Um, He's already started, matter of fact. I was just talking to his... Um, right-hand person, uh, Susan uh, Jeter, and she's doing amazing work already with our shelters as far as dog walking and getting those, those animals exercised. So it just takes a huge a rallying together and being a, a, a unified voice and letting the community know that you're not going away. Excellent. And you summed that up very well. So basically persistence, numbers, mm-hmm. um recruiting as many local officials 
officials as you can that feel the same passion as you do. And many, Absolutely. many do that you wouldn't realize. I, I mean, I've realized that as a veterinarian that, goodness, there's a lot of people out there that love animals. There's too many that don't. But uh, persistence, and, and basically that your whole endeavor has been persistence. So can you tell us your website address, please? Yes. Our website address is www.friends, the number four, animalssanctuary.org, or you can go to www.ffas.co, and it will get you both to the same place. I would love for everybody to check out the website, or or they can email me at Catherine, K-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E, at ffas.co and of course every, anyone who wants to contact Catherine also can uh, email us through comments at web-dvm.net these links will be post, posted at my uh, blog web-dvm.net which all of you uh, many of you stream from and um, you know we let, let's all do this together and remember yes. this is a local endeavor but Every movement starts locally, and saving an animal, even if you're from California, saving an animal in Florida it is worth just as much as saving an animal in California or Oregon or Michigan or Illinois or wherever you may be from. Saving an animal is a great endeavor, and this is an organization that is transparent, passionate, and honest, and it has my full endorsement. Catherine, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Oh, thank you so much to all your listeners, and thank you so much for having me on, Dr. Welton. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you very much. You have a great evening, Catherine. And uh, everybody else, we um, will be on the air in two weeks. I'm going to take a week off here. My kids just got off of – they just finished school today, and so we're going to be ramping up for summer vacation. So I will talk to you in two weeks. Thank you all so much, as always, for listening and caring for what I have to say. Take care now. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.